To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey everyone, here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal, investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Sometimes you can come across something new that helps you reconfigure the way that you're living almost instantly in a more comprehensive and fuller way. But more common is the traumatic response, which is when the presuppositions of your world are shifted dramatically and you fall into the surrounding chaos then it's so hard on you that you know it actually does you psychophysiological damage Jay Harepoffitsarcasm.com recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Find me on all social media. Check out my YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Uh, once again, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. You want to donate to this podcast, you want to check things out, you have questions, concerns, or comments, go directly to my website, Positive Sarcasm. Uh, dot com, or you can email me directly, positive outlook.com. Had to re-record. Had some quick issues. I thankfully got in and out in 15 minutes, so uh, I cut out some article that I ended up being bullshit to me. Uh, okay, so furthermore, good news is Halloween is on for uh, my region, so I actually get to do uh, trick-or-treating for the kids uh, this Halloween season in the last, well, could be the last Halloween ever, who knows, but for... And it's the last Halloween I'm having in this town. So I look forward to giving candy to the kids. I can't wait to wear my cyberpunk outfit. It's going to be freaking blast. Uh, maybe I'll make a video of that cyberpunk Halloween. If you guys want to know what I'm talking about, what the fuck is cyberpunk Halloween? Well, just go to my YouTube channel, Positive Sarcasm, and check out the cyberpunk adventures and cyberpunk rave. It's just a silly video and a new theme that I'm going to be doing reoccurring whenever I get the chance to. That's going to be my next, hopefully my next video is a cyberpunk one because that helps me really strengthen my video editing skills that those particular the wedding videos and the cyberpunk videos are the ones where i really get to stretch out and see how much better i can become as an editor and a cinematographer first article of the day i got a few of them uh this one is about obviously we found out a lot about fake news a few years ago about uh what do you call it bias journalism bullshit uh newspaper organizations people with just an agenda 
I, obviously, if you just want to go and get the news, that's very impossible. You got to do a lot of digging, and everything's biased nowadays. So Verizon is uh, final. And Verizon, you know Verizon, they're making a smart move, and according to Market Watch, they're said to be looking to unload Huffington Post. Huffington Post is notoriously one of the most dog shit, fucking terrible uh, news quote news gathering papers in the world. Um, owned by that dumbass Ariana Huffington. Here's the article. Uh, it said, quietly scrambling to unload them because apparently they're losing a lot of money. Uh, the telecom giant, which acquired the site at, as part of a $4.4 billion purchase of AOL in 2015, they has approached multiple digital media companies during the past few months in a bit, in a bit to get the property off its books because the losses accelerate due to the coronavirus. So... A lot of these companies like AT&T and Verizon and a lot of other companies are trying to uh, ditch the – like they're right now – yeah, it's part of a, a contract and things like that. But they're trying to get rid of these just anything that can help them liquidate their assets so that they can go through any potential losses for Q4, a potential stock market crash. So right now these companies are trying to streamline their processes the best they can so they can move forward into the uncertainty that is going to be the next couple years for sure. I mean, shit, uh, Disney just laid off, what, 28,000 employees? That's insane. It's because of the fact that California fucking sucks in every way, shape, or form now. it's no, There's no reason to live there. Um, so, obviously, if you can't open Disney, you can open Disney World, but you can't open Disneyland? Well, guess what? They got to go. In order to keep one up and running, you got to get rid of the other. So, if that's closed... That they got no choice, so it's not Disney's fault. They wanted to open a, you know, they wanted to open a Disneyland, but they can't. So what's the point? So to, in order to keep the Magic Kingdom alive, the other one's got to go away. So that's the end of that. But as far as Verizon, yeah, they're trying to stay competitive. Uh, they offered, um, at least they offered me some decent. Uh, rewards during the, the original lockdown, a couple extra bucks off here, a couple extra bucks off there. They allowed me to keep the plan that I have in place right now, which isn't really that expensive because I don't use a lot of data. And then they have those like monthly like Verizon up rewards, like $3 off at Petco. Yay. Well, I got a dog, so that's kind of that's useful to me. So that's kind of that's nice. I got that going for me. The but as far as yeah, they're trying to they're trying to streamline uh, some of their streamlining and get shit off their books. And as far as Verizon, yeah, that's or as far as excuse me, Huffington Post, that's a great plan. And I don't care if I would prefer if the Huffington Post just died a horrible fucking death. And maybe that's the case. But as far as what Verizon's doing, they pitched a property to prospective buyers, including Thrillist owner group Nine Media, Rolling Stone publisher Penske Media Corp. Rolling Stone's kind of garbage too. Digi uh, Bustle Digital Media, J2 Global, a bunch of whatevers. Uh, Vox Media, which owns New York Magazine and operates news and political site. Vox as well as tech news sites, blah, blah, blah. This is mostly market talk right now. It's just like, they're, who are they offering them to? Who's going to buy them? Uh, what is the actual valuable asset, asset that's within the Washington, the, within the Huffington Post? They don't have any proper news gathering capability. They're extremely biased. And they're not even based in the United States. So what value do they have, if any? I'm just curious. Like, is there any more, any department within them that is worth, worth acquiring? And uh, right now I don't, I don't see that. 
So let's see. Uh, but close to, close to Vox, while acknowledging they've taken a look, they're not interested in buying the property. This is the, the this thing loses so much money. A digital media except uh, executive with a knowledge of financial said it's such a mess. I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. I don't know. There's any way you can make money. People briefed on the talk said Verizon, headed by CEO blah blah blah, appears to be seeking to offload Huffington Post as a to a buyer willing to take a knife to the site's high operating expenses, a potentially daunting process that would require going head to head with the site's union and enacting massive layoffs. Jesus Christ. Oh, so they got a union. Yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. While Huffington Post brings in 45 to $50 million a year in revenue, its annual expenses are between 60 and 70. Two sources said, and with, adver- with advertising slammed by the pandemic, it will likely bring in $40 million this year. Uh, let's see. Verizon is looking to maintain a minority stake, but does the Doherty work? So, yeah, at this point, who knows who is willing to actually take that on? If you have to fight a union, you essentially have to lay off the entire union. And then there's lawsuits after that, and it's just a long legal pain in the ass in order to break even. So is it even fucking worth it? Or do you just mark down the loss and just take like a giant, just dismiss the entire Huffington Post and just call it a day? Some, I mean, somebody may be willing to buy it, but it's going to be at a huge ass discount. And then they got to go ahead and fire the entire union in order to get it going again. So that's one of the things that's going on there as far as Verizon. But yeah, a lot of these news organizations need to go away. They need to go away big time. BuzzFeed needs to die. HuffPo needs to die. A lot of these news organizations need to die because all they're doing is just making people sick. They're making people sick in the head with misinformation and just they're amplifying all the garbage that's out there. Gar- granted, there's plenty of garbage out there, but they're just amplifying the shit out of it in order to generate revenue and push their own agenda. And it's not good. It's not good. I would honestly rather just hear the truth, but, you know, <sighs> truth is a hard thing to find. And I've said before, the most expensive thing you could ever buy is the truth. And sometimes it's not worth the cost you pay. A lot of times it's not. But in order for you to make the best decision on your own behalf, that's what you got to do. I've, I've certain, I'm certainly uh, a perfect example of that. So that's one of the, I was just one of the things I was keeping an eye on with the market today. Uh, as far as, um, excuse me, as far as companies concerned, I'm, I talked about, did I mention? Yeah. On Sunday leftovers, I talked about the whole, I did, uh, talk about the Rogan thing about Spotify employees, not liking his content and threatening to strike if uh, they didn't get to censor his content or put disclaimers on it or edit entire episodes or not air them in general. You know, it's basically the employees of Spotify who make on average 100 grand a year versus Rogan who makes over 100 million in his contract plus everything else that he makes on top of that. So the how companies, some, some, are, uh, some are wilting against the freaking extreme stupid viewpoints of these snowflakey bitches. And then there are some companies apparently that are not like right now, the uh, CEO of Spotify is not backing down. He's standing by his acquisition of not acquisition, but the exclusive exclusivity of the Rogan podcast. So apparently even if the Spotify employees strike, he's not going to budge, which is fine. Cause fuck it. He would love to just fire those employees off and, you know, uh, clean up his books per se. Well, it appears uh, from what I read this morning, I don't know how I missed this one, probably because it happened yesterday, that there is a uh, a company that's about to go init- it's about to go public, and you know, public is also known as an IPO, 
and it's by Coinbase. Coinbase's CEO apparently raised a fury. Um, I'll, so I'll go through this before we get to Q&A today. But Coinbase's CEO, Brian Armstrong, uh, he had a blog post, and it sent shockwaves apparently through uh, the tech community. So Coinbase's chief executive, Brian Armstrong, doctrine on corporate activism uh, may have ruffled feathers, but it won't likely impede the firm's public market debut. In a blog post released Sunday, Armstrong explained his view that activism and politics should be kept out of the halls of the of the San Francisco based exchange operator. It's a it's a crypto exchange company. Um, Armstrong expressed his desire for Coinbase to be laser focused on its mission to build a open financial system, focusing focusing minimally on broader societal issues and political causes. So while focusing minimally. So obviously he doesn't like a lot of these other companies that are focusing on social justice issues or, you know, equity, diversity and inclusion and all those other bullshit fucking terms. He is like, I want a company where we focus on getting the job done. And their job is to focus on building an open financial system. So Armstrong's message, and I'm sure you could go, you can go to the block crypto and you can look for Coinbase. Uh, the blog post was released Sunday. There's probably a whole thing about it, but I'll continue with the article. Armstrong's message was met with cacophony on both support and opposition in the world and beyond. Some praised the former Airbnb executive for attempting to cultivate an ideologically inclusive environment. Others agreed that the tone of the piece was cold and out of touch. The reaction of two former employees illustrated the dichotomy. Dan Romero, an early employee and former lead of the exchange institution business, said it was an inspiring to see the firm resolutely pursue its mission. Meanwhile, Ruben Bramaham, Bramaham, a former product manager, said that the narrow company focus shouldn't preclude Coinbase from acknowledging the injustice and inequality that affects many and current future Coinbase users. In any event, several foreign employees and executives in the digital asset market questions whether the controversial blog post would be an impact on the company's upcoming public authoring. So let's see. As far as the actual blog, let me see if I can grab the link on that. And then there's an additional article on top of it. Coinbase is a mission-focused company. How, blog, how long is this blog? It's pretty fucking long, so let me see. Um, what does he say? There's been a lot of difficult events in the world this year. Everyone is asking the question how companies should engage in broader societal issues during this difficult time while keeping their teams united and focused on the mission. Coinbase has had its own challenges here, including employee walkouts. I decided to share publicly how I'm addressing this in case it helps others navigate a path through these challenging times. In short, I want Coinbase to be laser focused on achieving its mission because I believe this is the way that we can have the biggest impact on the world. We will do this by playing as a championship team, Focus on building and being transparent, I hate that word, about what our mission is and isn't. Play as a championship team. During difficult times, I think it's important to go back to the guideposts we've established, like our culture, doc, mission, and values. Be company first. Putting the company's goals ahead of a particular team or individual goals. Act in service to the greater mission. Default to trust. Focus on what unites us, not what divides us. Sustained high performance compared to a family where everyone is included regardless of performance. A championship team makes concerted effort to raise the bar on talent, including changing our team members when needed. So meritocracy. So let's see. Let's continue on. Through this lens, we start to have a glimpse of solution. A championship, a championship team wants to win. There's a picture of the Chicago Bulls, by the way. Pippen, Kukoc, Jordan, Rodman. 96 bulls. Look them up. 
A championship team wants to win. Every teammate is willing to make sacrifices to achieve that. They have each other's backs and focus relentlessly on the long-term goal, avoiding distractions. There are many places that a company can choose to allocate its limited time and resources. There is never enough time to do everything, so companies need to choose what change and they want to see in the world and focus there. It takes it can take decades to move the needle on a large challenge, on large on large global challenges. And that's what he's focused on. He talks about the you know the bullet points: build great products, source amazing talent, sourcing amazing talent. We create job opportunities for top people, including those from underrepresented backgrounds who don't have equal access to opportunities with things like diverse slates. Rooney rule on senior hires and casting a want the Rooney rule. In case you don't know, the Rooney rule is used in the NFL, the national football league where they have, it's, it's a rule to, you have to at least interview one black or minority candidate before you make your final decision on the hiring process. It's not that you have to hire them. It's you have to at least interview them. That's all. So you're just casting a wider net to at least get the interview process. That's what there is. Equal opportunity, not, um, so it's called equality of opportunity. A quality of outcome is different, and it's bad. The quality of opportunity is everybody gets a chance to at least apply, which has been out there for forever. So casting a wide net to find topic, to find top talent. Fair talent practices. Um, as far as we work to reduce unconscious bias in interviews, using like structured interviews, ensure fair practices, and how we pay and promote. Remember, we're talking about a San Francisco CEO, so just keep that in mind. We have to pay for performance culture. Uh, we have a pay for performance culture, which means that your rewards and promotions are linked to your overall contributions to the mission. And then we work to create an environment where everyone is welcome to do their best work, regardless of background, orientation, race, gender, age, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So yeah, the basics. Policy decisions. If there is a bill introduced around crypto, we may engage here, but we normally wouldn't engage in policy decisions, blah, blah, blah. Nonprofit. Okay. Some of the broader society. We don't engage. Okay. Nonprofit work. We will do some work here with our pledge 1% program and give crypto.org, but this is about 1% of our efforts. We are a for-profit business. When we make profit, we use that to hire more great people and build more. We shouldn't ever shy away from making profit because with more resources, we can have a greater impact on the world. Brighter, broader societal issues. We don't engage here when issues with are unrelated to our core mission because we believe impact only comes with focus. Political causes. We don't advocate for any political causes or candidates internally that are unrelated to our mission because it is a distraction from our mission. Even if we all agree something is a problem, we may not all agree on the solution. Of course, there are exceptions here around internal employment matters, whistleblowing, and we, wouldn't, we want employees to feel safe disagreeing on the work itself. Candor and debate are a core to our healthy team where we are safe to disagree. We consider these to be related to our mission. It's pretty, not bad. Not, you know what? Not bad. I mean, it goes on for days. I realized at some point that many employees were interpreting our mission in different ways. Uh, all for, yeah. So he continues to go. Obviously, I see how I can be like, okay, we clarified this new agreement in some new internal and communication guidelines that we published in the last month. But in summary, it says this. We won't debate causes or political candidates internally within the company, expect the company to represent our personal beliefs externally, assume negative intent, or not have each other's back, take on activism outside of our core mission at work. That's what they won't do. We will fight to get on the same page when we have differences, support each other and create team cohesion, assume positive intent, put the company's goals ahead of our team's or individual's goals. Conclusion. 
These are difficult times and every CEO I know is trying to figure out how to lead through it. Of course, employees should always feel free to advocate around issues of pay, conditions of employment, or violations of law, for instance. Hopefully, the above sets some clear guidelines. All right. So, and then he gives the company website if you want to work for the page, blah, 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 blah. So, he's obviously focused on do the job. We don't give a shit about the social issues per se. It's more about we want to create a successful, high-profit company. And we're going we're gonna to launch our IPO very, IPO very soon. Where I kind of get along with the idea of, hey, he wants a big company. He wants it to be strong. He doesn't want to stray away from... Because when the moment you start straying to other things, you start getting involved with other social shit, uh, it takes resources away from what you're trying to accomplish. Well, apparently, that was not met with um, all fucking sunshine and rainbows. So apparently some people were pissed off about it and th it led to a response by the company's CEO. So basically like Spotify, Spotify said, we don't want Rogan's content. We want to moderate it. We want to censor it. We want to do all kinds of stuff. Yes, I'm grabbing for more coffee. And Spotify CEO said, yes, we're listening. But at the end of the day, we're not going to touch Rogan's content for a lot of legal reasons. They probably can't. Now, Coinbase took it kind of a step further, and this is kind of humor this is kind of humorous. So this was just posted uh, it's about a two minute read. Oh, by Frank Chaparro. This is also from the Block Crypto. So the, the huge headline is Coinbase offers exit pass package for employees not comfortable with its mission. This is something that I think a lot of companies should start doing instead of fucking cowering and putting diversity clauses and all of the bullshit or either way you have a company it has a goal and it needs to make money you don't like it get the fuck out they did it as a soft landing though this is kind of nice so coinbase offers an exit package for employees not comfortable with its mission coinbase ceo brian so we talked about the blog i perused through it and it basically, it's about saying the exchange intends, the company intends to keep activism and politics separate from the business. The firm is now providing an, a new exit package to employees that are uncomfortable with its stated mission. So Coinbase is offering, I'll read this in depth. It's offering a package to employees who want to exit the company after release of the blog post from its CEO outlining with the crypto exchange operator will take on an apolitical mission. Great. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong, who penned the controversial blog, even I don't consider it controversial. It's more of a mission statement saying, hey, I want I have a fucking company. I don't want to run it like this. You don't like it. Get out. Um, but it will focus mainly on da, 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 and said it will provide employees with a package to leave the firm if they don't, quote, feel comfortable with the new direction, according to an internal company email reviewed by the blog. In a blog post released Sunday, Armstrong explained why the firm should be laser-focused on its mission to build an open financial system while focusing minimally on broader societals and political issues. And, okay. Airbnb engineer attempting to curb and cultivate ideologically inclusive environment. Others argued that the tone of the piece was cold and out of touch. I already said that. As for the severance package, Armstrong is offering employees keen on leaving as much as six months of severance and a potential seven-year option exercise window. So here's the package, the passage from the email. 
The package we're offering to anyone who doesn't feel comfortable with the new direction is as follows. Four months of severance for employees with less than less than three-year tenure, six months severance for those who have been here for more than three years, six months of COBRA, which is a unemployment um, healthcare package, and then seven-year option exercise window. So if you've been here for less than two, even if you've been here for less than two years, pending a financial a final board approval if you are if you're not sure what this is you can read more here it okay so a seven year option exercise window what is that uh okay blah 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 blah, blah. all right well it doesn't okay so that's that's an actual picture i actually can't click on it so and it's an option exercise window so maybe you can opt to come back after seven years but they offering a a severance for employees for six for three to six months and then underneath it it says it's always sad when we see teammates go but can also it can also be what's best for them and the company as i said in my blog post post life is too short to work at a company that you aren't excited about hopefully this package helps create a win-win outcome for those who chose to opt out armstrong added if you're interested in speaking with hr about this package not uh not committing to take it but beginning a but just beginning a discussion about it, please fill out the form. Someone will reach out to you shortly. Your conversation will be confidential with HR unless you choose to include your manager. If you decide to proceed, HR will provide you with a separation agreement and work with you on your last day. In a sense, the email is in line with the original blog and reflects how at least one other large corporation handled a similar situation. In 2018, Amazon asked a number of its associates, full-time and part-time employees to leave if they wanted. As reported by The Atlantic, Amazon offered them a $5,000 check. So basically, it's like, look, we're not going to focus on... Now, obviously, you know there's a lot of turmoil out there. And there's a lot of companies like the NBA, the NFL, uh, some healthcare companies, some large corporate companies. They're giving to social justice. They're giving to Black Lives Matter. They're getting... And they're just offering all these things. And it's kind of like their virtue their virtue signaling to say hey we're supporting the cause whatever the fuck it may be and here's what we're doing and it, obviously there's other doctrines in there that are potentially hazardous for future employment for the direction of the company it requires it's it's a whole it's a whole new pandora's box that they're opening however this company is simply state simply stating regardless of the severance package if you don't agree with how we run the company, you can leave. Perfectly understandable. If you don't like working for this company, quit. However, at this time, it's very generous. They're offering a severance package. They're offering an exercise window and some Cobra. So that's not bad. So he's prepared to financially compensate them to leave. So it's not like if you don't like it, get the fuck out. It's if you don't like for working for a company, we will give you a small cushion in which you can look for a new job at this time and have some health care until you find a new thing. Here's the problem. I don't know. Right now, it, it's, it's understand. It's appreciated. I appreciate his passive, well, kind approach to the matter because merely... It's in San Fran it's based in San Francisco. San Francisco is beyond expan expensive. California's crime and all kinds of homeless problems and fires and just all kinds of nightmare have gone through the roof. 
So people are trying to work from home or they're trying to move out of the state, out of the city at least. So for him to offer that cushion, to have that money available to them for them wanting to leave, it's great. It's it's awesome. So he doesn't he can focus on running a an efficient company. And it's important to the shareholders is considering that in a, in a week or so he's going to offer an IPO to raise funds for the company. I mean, how that's going to work out, we'll see, but apparently it's not going to have much of an effect. And I applaud him for being one of the first to be like if you don't like it, you can leave. I'm cool I'm cool with it. I support his his platform. I support the idea of him just trying to start a company and not having outside sources uh, derail it. So, Brian Armstrong, I don't know a lot about you, but I appreciate you starting a company. I appreciate you f being laser-focused on starting the company and whatever our differences are. I, hey, you know what? This is something that we can agree on, and uh, I hope this is a trend that sets the standard for other companies as well. So kudos to you, my fine sir. So there's that. Um, the as far as the I think what we'll do is we'll go straight to Q and A. Once we finish Q and A, we'll close up shop. So if this is a forty-five minute podcast, so be it. Um, yeah. So there. Yeah. So there we go. So let me just go ahead and get to Q and A. I really just wanted to focus on that because I think that's super important as far as because right now all kinds of companies are doing this right now. All kinds of companies are doing this right now. You'll go, you'll scroll to the bottom of just about any web website that you shop at or a company you look at, and you see something called diversity and inclusion. And you'll read that, and it's like, look, every company in the U.S. has a has a specific uh, employment thing. It's called, you know, um, it's called equal opportunity employment. Okay, every company has that. It's been around forever. You know, you can you you can be con can you'll be considered. You can apply regardless of this, that, and the other thing. We already had that. Now this other stuff is new legal speak that is just going to create a whole new paradox of nightmares. And he's just like, look, we're not focused on that. Our focus is the company and the company alone. And if you don't like it, for now, we're going to offer these packages and you can go on your way. And we can run a tighter ship. Very smart on his part. So Q&A is as follows. Once again, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. I don't do Patreon. Uh, if you just want, if the podcast and the Sunday Leftovers podcast are free and viewable on my website, positivesarcasm.com under the podcast. So go ahead and subscribe to my RSS feed uh, anywhere where podcasts are available. I also got to change since I heard that Google Play Music is ending. I'm going to go ahead and change the, on the top of the website, on the top left-hand corner, there's a Google Play Music icon. I'm going to probably change that to iTunes or another RSS icon just because I'm trying to stay on to on point. I'm also enjoying the customary uh, uh, hip-hop poetry minute that I do every Sunday. So I'm going to continue doing that. This week I did Missy Elliott. You can go ahead and check it out on my Instagram and my Facebook and my YouTube channel. So here we go for, uh, okay, here we go. Dig Q&A. Should I spread the word that my sister is faking cancer to scam a, scam people on GoFundMe? When I was a kid, a, f a family we had, we knew, had a daughter with leukemia. She had chemo, lost her hair, and got an exception to school the school's no-hat policy so she could cover her head. Okay. Everyone at the school was supportive, and there were a couple of fundraiser things that other parents organized for their benefit. Fast forward, I'm at college and living in a different city than my family. 
Sister had graduated high school, but I guess didn't want to go to college and still lives with my now divorced mom. Last call Christmas, I came home for a visit and was surprised to see that my sister had shaved her head. Mom, sis, and I went to dinner, went out to dinner one night, sat in a booth, and a little kid in the next booth poked her head over and said, Why don't you have any hair? Her parents immediately grabbed her and said, Grabbed her, but my sister said it was okay, and then went on to explain that people who are being treated for cancer lose all of their hair because of chemo. The kid's parents apologized and offered to buy our dinner. Then the pipes opened. Then the kid pipes up again. Why do you still have eyebrows? The parents apologized again and let's see. The parents apologized again and GTFO got the fuck out, but not before they pay for our food. Meanwhile, the mom is pretending she hasn't heard any of this. So, her, their mom. So I asked my sister if she has cancer and then starts going on and about how she wants to support people with cancer. But when I point blank asked her if she herself has cancer, the answer was no. That night she shaved off her eyebrows. So she can shave off her eyebrows if she wants. I don't care. But yesterday I was chatting on Discord with an old friend from my hometown and he asked me how my sister was doing. I gave some snarky answer. My friend came back with, how can you be so mean when she has cancer? Apparently, she has been telling people that she has cancer and asking for donations to her GoFundMe. I told him that that can't be true. He has sent me a link to the GoFundMe. She has raised about $500 so far. I called my mom. She confirmed that my sister does not have cancer, but she does talk about it all the time. I guess my mom just ignores it somehow. I don't want people in my hometown getting scammed. Jesus Christ. Um, listen, it's, first of all, this is, it's fraud. What your sister doing is, is straight up fraud. She can go to jail for this. She's not going to go to chemo. She's going to fucking prison. She's going to pay a severe fine. And this is a, and listen, HIPAA privacy laws don't mean shit anymore. Anybody can find out anything if they really try. Um, so the fact is, is she has to number one, not withdraw any of the money from the GoFundMe and close it up. If she wants to, if you want to protect her at all costs, you have to get her to stop it, and that's it. Because if 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 people don't find if people find out that she doesn't have cancer, it's going to be a big deal. Patreon or GoFundMe or whatever will shut off her account and report the incident, and then it's a huge thing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a federal crime, but it is a crime. So she has to stop because, look, look, this is like reporting something to HR. Once you report them to HR, it's completely out of your hands at this point, and anything can happen, up, including termination of employment. This gets reported uh, to anybody. It's a crime. It's fraud. And she can go to jail. She will be prosecuted. She will be shamed. So the best thing for her, that she, if she wants to save her skin in any way, shape, or form, she should close down her account now and say it's in remission and just grow her hair back and just be done with it. I mean, and minimize it with the minimal amount of lying necessary in order to get out of the situation. Or you can't save her. And you can just simply say, I can't comment. Because at the end of the day, it's going to come back on her. Legally, you need to protect yourself as well. So if there's any type of aiding and abetting, or if you're an accomplice simply by not opening your mouth about the situation, you have to protect yourself. And your sister's a bitch for doing this, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a horrible way of doing things. And yeah, she can absolutely legally be held liable, if not criminally. 
So she has to knock it off and you have to protect yourself. And shame on your mom for not doing anything about this, just being passive about it. That's a shit thing. You know, any, all of you are potential to be shitty human beings for this. Your sister being the ultimate shit bag overall. And I don't know why your mother hasn't said anything regarding her, quote, knocking it the fuck off. So if she doesn't stop it, you have to protect yourself, even if it is screwing over your sister. How can I tell my boss I don't want to spend literally the entire workday on Zoom? My boss has announced that while we're working from home, the entire company will be spending the whole workday on a Zoom call with video. He framed it as being for our benefit, useful for establishing a work-life balance and so we can see our coworkers and feel like we're back in the office. But Plus, it's supposedly so we can ask questions without having to take meetings. While we are working, while we are a small company, most of the people I work with already with already worked in another location before we went remote. And none of us do similar work. I can think of no world where this is helpful or anything but highly distraction. But don't worry, we are still allowed to have bathroom breaks and get snacks. Wow, thanks so much. Though the majority of our workday should be spent in this weird online room with video and we are supposed to be, quote, dressed for work, it is obviously insulting and poorly disguised attempt to micromanage. It's especially frustrating because during this time, I have taken on additional responsibility for my and my output has increased. I find this demoralizing to a point that I've started job hunting. However, my job last job was short and I don't want to look flightly and I'm also aware of getting a job during the pandemic might be hard. Can this be resolved? Uh, I don't know if it can be resolved, but I'm not a fan of the thing. I'm definitely not a fan. The They need to reconsider because it's... It's, it will cut into your personal life. I understand that getting to work remote is a privilege. It is absolutely a privilege. To be able to rem work remote um, definitely has its conveniences as far as not having to drive somewhere, not having to deal with assholes in the office. Uh, do I agree that you should dress up just, just to be in that mode? Yeah, for sure. Why not? But the fact is is that having a Zoom, uh, that's that eats up a lot of data. Um and yeah, it is micromanaging at the high. It, it's definitely micromanaging. And companies, large corporate companies, um, are definitely turning on the micromanaging things a little bit too much. And I think it's important. I know right now it's definitely hard to do this. But if your output's increased, if you're doing your job, then you shouldn't be turning on your quote Zoom because Zoom is not a. It's not. It's it's a corporate company that uses metadata so and they have corporate hacks all the time so every program that you have opened and over a cable and over a cable network can be accessed by parties that you don't want them to be and them being able to hack your zoom is another thing as well this is not only is it micromanaging it's also dangerous so i would consider that the look, you just, you have to say no. You have to say no, you will not participate in that because it's flat out dangerous. And you need to make sure that your points are well outlined for this. And if it's not, then yeah, you have to kind of, this has to be a chopping point for you to get out. Like this is the a breaking point, excuse me, for you to be like, I'm leaving. This is not a good thing to do. I need to get the fuck out of here and start doing that. That's all. They'll look at it as insubordination if you say, no, I'm not doing it, but it's not, it's not safe. It's not a safe thing to do. So, yeah, you need to get out of there. You're not an asshole for that. So I completely understand where you're coming from. 
Um, just make sure the next company you go to is not going to incorporate the same thing. Anyways, even in an office, you can find private time. Next Q&A. How can I tell my friends their public displays, displays of affection should be classy, not gross and slutty? My wife and I are happily married over 20 years. We have our question about how to handle an issue with some friends of ours. Jake is 56 and Lucy is 52. Ooh. Both Jake and Lucy are getting divorced after having been married to their exes for over 25 years each. Jake had a very poor sex life during his marriage. Jake and Lucy have been dating for a couple months now. They are very into each other. My wife and I think it's great, but we are both uncomfortable with their behavior. Lucy shares far too many intimate details with my wife about her sex life. My wife says it makes her feel uneasy. Jake does the same thing with me, but it's a much lesser degree. Another problem is that they are all over each other like slutty teenagers in public. It gets even worse when the four of us are hanging out in our backyard. We totally support PDAs, but when done in class, but we draw the line at borderline sex acts in our kitchen right in front of us. When the four of us are conversing over a bottle of wine, PDAs should be always classy and not gross and slutty. Do you have any advice? Okay. So, uh, yeah, I get it. it. Look, they're in the they're kind of in the honeymoon type of honeymoon type of phase in the beginning of their relationship. They're exploring things new. This most likely will go away or at least lower to a lesser degree. You just keep, um, and they're just letting it be known that they're in love for some reason. For some reason. <laughs> the fuck's the matter with me? I'm not with it today. However, uh, if you feel like it's maybe too much, maybe don't hang out with them as much. Just, that's all. You just don't be like, listen, you know, we're glad you guys are together, but you guys are just all over each other. And it's kind of like, uh, well, it's killing the red wine for damn sure. So can you just chill out a little bit? Just be, look, if you're just being honest with your friends and they can accept that it, it's okay, uh, and you're supporting them with their new relationship, you're not fucking turning a, a nose to them. Uh, so I, I, I get where you're coming from. It can be uncomfortable and it can kill, it can kill the vibe in the room. It can kill the dinner. It can kill the conversation. And yeah, if they're being fucking teenagers, then yeah, you can jokingly say hey you guys would you fucking chill out jesus christ you know we just cleaned the kitchen counters can you can you chill so i get i get where you're coming from you're trying to quote you're trying to find the word of classy i understand what you're saying and i agree with you uh next q a we might close up shop right after the q a's just to let you know so uh well hey that's how it is so anyways moving on should i threaten to break up with my boyfriend even though i rely on him financially to avoid working Okay, okay. Boyfriend and I have been together for nine years and engaged for four. I had to beg him to propose, but he seemed happy about it. But any other time, but anytime I bring up wedding planning, he brushes me off and says, we'll talk about it later. He's been doing this for four years. Now, he's saying he doesn't see the point in getting married because we've been together for so long. Then why get engaged? I'm dying to get married. I've tried to express this, and he says he understands, but he's just not ready. I think the next step is an ultimatum because I'm pretty sure he'll choose marriage over breaking up. This is how he proposed. Part of the problem is that his best friend, Matt, is constantly in his ear telling him not to marry me so they can stay bachelors. Another issue is that I rely on my boyfriend financially. I would be homeless if I left him, and I don't want to work. Do I stick around and wait for him to decide he wants to get married, or do I force him to get rid of Matt and take me to the altar? Lady, first of all, get a fucking job. If you're not taking care of kids, you have no kids... 
So what's your excuse? Go get a job, go start a business, go do something than relying on him. He understands that, look, I think, I think this kid gets it. I think he's smart. He's waiting for you. He, obviously, he's kind of a, a pussy in the fact that he's kind of relating on, he's like waiting on you to kind of close up shop. But he gets it now. Like, look, if I marry this chick, she's not going to work. She's going to continue to stay, sit on her ass and not do anything. If I marry her, if something goes wrong, I'm on the hook for a third. So I'm going to have to pay her a third and the fucking lawyer a third. So I'm in either way, I'm paying half. So he gets it. He doesn't want to marry you because you're going to be a cash cow. Or, or something. To, well, wait. You're, she's his cash cow or something like that, right? Either way. Okay, let me rephrase this. She gets the, If he gets divorced, he's fucked. And I think at this point, it's not that she should get rid of you. She should get rid of him. He should get rid of her. Don't marry this chick. Don't marry her. She doesn't work, so she's useless. And it doesn't say anything here about her having disabilities or blah, blah, blah. You've been wanting to get married for what? You plan on having kids? You didn't say anything about kids. You said you're dying to get married. And Matt is constantly in his ear telling him not to marry me so they can stay bachelors. All right, well, that's what you're saying Matt is saying to him. However, maybe Matt is saying that because this sounds like a death trap. Like, you're a death trap, lady. I think he's trying to say, listen, don't marry this bitch because she's going to take you for your money or she's just not going to want to work. Look, either way, if you get divorced, she's going to take money because she doesn't want to work. And she'll never have to work. So in her point of view, it's like, why would I... I can, I'm not working now. If I get married, I don't have to work. If I get divorced, I'll have to work. So why don't I just take half his money so I can continue not working and then go date somebody else and get an additional amount of money from them. So why would I do it? Matt's, whether his, whether Matt's uh, ulterior motive is right or wrong, he is right. Lady, you are significantly the problem because you're not willing to work and you're going to take this guy for whatever it is once you guys get married. And you're going to, yeah, he's going to have to flip the bill. Uh, your boyfriend, whatever his name is, dude, do not marry this woman. She is a death trap. She is, um, yeah, there's nothing good that can come from this dude. Run. Kick her out of the house too. I don't care if she's going to be fucking homeless. That's another thing. She's completely, co she's completely dependent upon you for everything in her life. So you got to kick her out. Doesn't matter where she goes. Doesn't matter. Focus on yourself. Uh, next Q&A. What's this? Should I give me my custom for guess what? Where do you pay for? Oh, Jesus Christ. Should I give my... And I'm going to get in so much trouble. Should I give into my husband's constant demands for gifts when I already pay most bills and do most chores? I feel uncomfortable receiving gifts, and I find it hard to meet my husband's request for constant gifts. Huh? especially when I feel I already give so much. He constantly asks me to buy him things, some of which are very expensive. I'm a saver, not a spender, and I try to watch my budget. I already pay all the household bills, even though we make the same amount of money. I owned my house before we met, and he chips in with occasional upgrades and maintenance for him it, for, or takes me out to dinner once in a while. But I pay for the most majority of expenses, as well as perform the majority of chores. I have sacrificed and paid for all of our vacations because I wanted the experience and I accept that. The problem is he seems to feel unappreciated, suggesting that if I gift him more often, he would know constantly the thought. 
Uh, he says he buys me random gifts, usually small items to which strings are attached or implied reciprocity. These requests, especially when he buys him for himself quite a bit, like seems like a smack. Okay. Uh, which seems like a smack in the face to me. I feel he's impulsive with purchases and won't be happy until I have nothing left. How do I handle my husband's need for constant validation without going bankrupt or having all the love sucked out of resentment? Mentioning my financial, lim my, mentioning my financial limitations doesn't seem to have his thirst for more. I sense some narcissism or some, uh, what do you call it? Sociopathy uh, located around your husband. I think it's kind of. I think this is kind of dangerous thinking. The need for constant validation in material items is not good. I, the way I see it is, I generally don't ask for. I don't. I generally don't ask for anything. I would prefer to shop for my own groceries. I, I. I. I buy everything myself. I don't ask for anything. I'll ask for if I ask for a loan or anything like that. Everything gets paid back, but I don't want anything from anybody. So. If I want something cool for myself, I'll buy it for myself. That's that's it. So I don't I, I think you should just consider, well, just fucking sitting down and being like, listen, I don't like this material request bullshit when I pay all these bills. And I'm just gonna go with the fact that I'm gonna just assume that you're true being truthful, unlike the last chick I just talked about, about you be pretty much being the not only the breadwinner, but the bread buyer. So yeah, that needs to be brought up because there's something obviously wrong here. Uh, we got more Q&A. Forgive me for declining her furniture store, offering to pay for her storage fees. And, okay, it's the last one. Okay. How can I get my adult daughter to forgive me for declining to store her furniture but offering to pay her storage fees? My 24-year-old daughter lives with three roommates. She asked if she could store some furniture at my apartment because she didn't have room for it. I am already overwhelmed with her belongings at my place, so I said no which I shouldn't have done. She told me she could get a storage locker for $40 a month, and now it turns out the storage locker is 200 a month, and she signed a five-month contract. I wrote her a check for $1,000, but re she refuses to accept it, and, re and it remains furious at me. I feel terrible. What can I do to repair the situation? Look, you feel bad, so you wrote her a check for $1,000 for a storage locker, and you're already overwhelmed with, with stuff as is for all her belongings. So she needs to either accept the check for $1,000, which is more than charitable, or she can throw her shit out on the street, or you can do it. So you've already shelled out $1,000 for her to have a storage locker, which is highly secured behind rails, behind walls and all kinds of other shit. What's wrong with that? She should just go and put her stuff there. I mean, Jesus Christ, 1000 bucks is for here. That's, like a, that's, a, that's a security deposit on an apartment. So, I, yeah, you're, she is your daughter, so you're treating her a little bit like a child. I don't see the problem here. You, you, look, you made uh, a resolution to the issue. You're like, I wrote her a check for 1000 She refuses to accept it. Well, go fuck you, lady. What, do you, what else do you want from this dude uh, or chick? I don't know. This is mom or dad. She says, yeah, it doesn't make a mention here, but look, she misreported. Look, it was supposed to be $40 a month. It ended up being 200 and she signed a five-month contract. So you, but you still decided to write a check for a thousand dollars. So you know what? Fuck this bitch. Take back the check and say kick fucking rocks. And if you keep it up, you can take all your shit and leave. She's twenty-four. When I talked about the whole uh, keeping staying with your parents until you're about twenty-two or twenty-three, 
or maybe even 24 until you graduate and you have all your, your stock portfolio built up so you can have a significant amount of dividends when you get out of college. Well, she's 24. Guess what? Time's up. Did you get your dividends? No? Sorry. Get the fuck out there, sweetheart. So I don't know what to tell you. Well, not college per se, but you know, working a full-time job until you're 24 and then you can add the dividends to go do something else. But guess what? You're 24. Go live your life. Get out of the house. Thousand dollars a month, a thousand dollars for this contract, and you're still being a bitch about it. I got nothing for you. You're, she's being, I mean, she's just like every other other fucking kid nowadays, spoiled as shit. So I'm sorry that you had to go put up with this, but um, you were more than generous, and she's just snubbing your nose. So you know what? Fuck her. All right, we're at 50 minutes. I'm done for today. I got other stuff I got to do. Thank you guys for listening and watching and subscribing. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, CastBox, Podbit, GitBay, Podcast Addict, anywhere where podcasts are available. You can also find it, download it, and stream it directly from my website. Go and check out my po- uh, my website, positive, my positivesarcasm.com. You can also go to my YouTube channels, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Posing music, movie reviews, questions, concerns, comments, all can be relayed to my website at Positive Sarcasm. Click on the contact page or email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. As you can tell, I'm talking really fast because I want to get the fuck out of here because I got other stuff to do. In the meantime, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.